0: Let's get ahead of the crypto curve learn get left behind come to ahead of the crypto curve where we are creating Satoshi millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time and ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Naja Roberts, and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. I don't just do this show to change the way you think about money, but to make you change the way you look at money and everything else around you, because it absolutely matters. And I hope today that that statement that I've been saying for the last month or so really rings loud in your ear. I don't just do this show to change the way you think about money, but to make you change the way you look at money and everything else around you because it absolutely matters. Today is Thursday, June 29th, 2023. And what a great day it is, even though there is some heavy hearts. I have a heavy heart today, but we're going to jump into it and we're going to tie what is going on today in the cryptocurrency into the money space as a whole and so we're gonna we got a lot to talk about but before we start talking we want to say to our celebrity cryptopians happy birthday so i would like to say happy birthday to anita brown of paramount california tasha green of greenbelt maryland happy birthday to darren marsh of New York, New York. May today be filled with all the love, joy, peace, happiness, and understanding you deserve on this day because today is your day. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to get a shout out as a cryptopian celebrity on your birthday, please send me a text message to 424-317-7373. Again, 424-317-7373. Seven, three. And I'm going to go ahead with our quote for the day because, ladies and gentlemen, I am about to be on one about what is transpiring in this country. And I'm just going to take somebody else's quote, which really speaks to what I'm feeling right now. What I am trying to cultivate is not blind optimism, but radical hope. Again, what I am trying to cultivate is not blind optimism, but radical hope. And that quote is by Junot Diaz. And ladies and gentlemen, I am telling you that we have got to have radical hope in times such as these. So most of you are well aware that the Supreme Court has literally... Thrown away, done away with, burned up, killed, affirmative action as it relates to educational institutions. And I've got a lot to say about that because I have gone on tour, on record, two years in a row, explaining to our community that we have a very short window of time, in my opinion, to live in this country comfortably. And again, you can live in this country all however long you like to but my fact is that you're not going to live here comfortably and what they're going to continue to do and they are a whole lot of different institutions but they're going to figure out a way to make it uncomfortable for us and uncomfortable has all to do with your money if they attack our ability to get an education in certain ways they attack our ability to care for and take care of our families comes back down to money. You go to college. Most people go to college to get a better education so you can get a better paying job so that you can care for your family in a way that is sustainable. And I'm going to say that. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, as we come forward, as we continue this conversation, I'm going to tie this entire Supreme Court ruling into why we need to be taking a better, longer, and closer look into the cryptocurrency space specifically at Bitcoin. When we come forward, we'll continue this conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Cryptocurrency. with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right, welcome forward. So let's jump into this conversation, and I know it is on every television. It's on every talk show host's personalities' lips. Uh, It is a topic of conversation right now across the United States. The Supreme Court Justice actually just got rid of affirmative action at the educational level, colleges and universities. And so there's both a pro and a con to this. So we're going to jump into this. But first, because I love doing education, I love educating. And I know that there are a few people who really were oblivious to the Supreme Court's uh, systems, the way that they work. And so before we get into Uh, This whole thing. I need you all to frame in your mind some of the things that I've been talking to you about in the past couple of weeks or months in reference to the social media platforms that are talking about patronizing specific companies, not patronizing specific companies based on their wanting to stay woke and Of course, they've taken that Stay Woke that we utilize to make sure that our community is understanding that we need to keep our eyes open and understand what's going on for our social justice. They've turned that into something totally different. And they've been very successful in going after companies that are talking about being woke. That being said, uh, they've also turned this into a whole lot of things that it's not as as it relates to the wokeness. But they've been successful in making companies lose money. Now, with that being some of the stage that I'm about to walk you up on, the Supreme Court has the ability to hear the cases that they want to hear. So make no mistake about it. There are thousands, if not millions of cases that people have probably filed that the Supreme Court is not hearing. So they chose to hear this case because they have the autonomy to hear what they want, period. And so because of the fact that they heard this particular case lets me know that there is a bigger agenda than we are probably paying attention to. And that's why I say we need to pay attention to everything around us because it matters. This is just the first step to try to pull back some of the rights and uh, what they feel like. I'm going to say what they feel like because let's just call it what it is. Uh, Folks don't want us to feel like we're advancing. They will allow us to play basketball and football and do all of these things on their campuses. But when they see us in medical labs, when they see us in science labs, when they see us in the architectural spaces, it 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 makes them feel as if we are progressing and they're not. And as a result of that, I believe this was attack, a very huge attack to keep us out of the institutions. Now, again, as you will probably hear some of the arguments, that affirmative action was not the only thing that was getting us into college. We were in a qualified pool of individuals, but because we were black or brown or or whatever, they had to... Have a, they had to allow us the opportunity to get in. Now, the argument that I've been hearing all day is we can just write an essay and submit that essay along with our application and we're going to be okay. That is absolutely not the case, ladies and gentlemen. We can submit all the essays we want to, and our experience has no bearing on their ability to allow us to go to their college. In fact, it may even deter them from our ability to go to their college because they're not going to want somebody to be there that has had some of the experiences that we have had. So this essay means nothing. And where do we get this essay from? Why are they talking about that? This essay comes in the form of a statement that was made in a dissent. And a lot of people were saying, well, what is a dissent? Because when you listen to the news, they are assuming that you already know what a dissent is or a dissenting opinion. And so just so you know, the Supreme Court voted and it was six to three. And so the three people that did not agree with the Supreme Court ruling wrote a dissenting opinion, and it refers to an opinion written by an appellate judge or a superior court justice who disagrees with a majority opinion in a given case. And so this dissent Um, In some of these dissents, there's they're very long, but you can go in and read some of it. And what I pulled from one of them was that they were saying the alternative or what we could actually do is write this essay. Well, they're going to throw those essays in the trash because they could care less about our experience here in America because they have proven that they want to erase our experience here in America. So for somebody to think that they're going to be logical in reading our children's essays when we come to college is just ridiculous. First and foremost, even though they were uh, of the mindset of trying to give us an alternative, it's not going to work. Uh, One of the dissents further shared my sentiments. How in the world can you deny us an opportunity to go to regular colleges and universities based on our race? But then you decide that it's okay for us to get into military institutions and universities because you need these black and brown bodies to fight for your country and put our lives on the line and get on the front line. But we're we're good enough to do that. But we're not good enough to be uh, admitted to these colleges and universities based on the systematic racism that has been taking place in our country. And quite frankly, I think we're in the same position today as we were when the when the, the Supreme Court ruled on that back in the days. And so ladies and gentlemen, I tell you again, as I have stated over and over again, we are in a position where we are not going to be able to live here in this country comfortably in the next in the next 5 to 10 years. And so uh I actually it's a little bit shorter than that. It's not 5 to 10 years. Now it's 3 to about seven years in my opinion because I've been saying this for the last two years and so why is it critically important that we are self-sovereign because this is an attack on our economic stance this is our uh, this is an attack on our ability for those that were it was already sparse in my opinion on the college campuses of the education that we can get outside of the historical black colleges. But this is just a push just a little bit further. Uh, and really it is a, not a, a little bit further. This is a big pushback. And so the that's the cons to it, in my opinion. But as we look at the pros, I really feel like this could actually benefit our historically black colleges. And it goes back to something that I, I told you all that my godfather had said back in the day, he said to me that desegregation was the worst thing that happened to black folks. In America. And at the time, I couldn't understand what in the world he was talking about because I had gotten a good education outside of my community. But the older I have gotten, that statement has resonated with me. And I am saying that this ruling could absolutely benefit historical black colleges because the enrollment could actually, the Applications of enrollment could actually uh, get. We could have a lot more individuals that are applying to these historical black colleges and universities, and I think that uh, we have an we have the the ability within our historical black colleges to really take advantage of this ruling to get our children back into the right experiences, into the right mindsets, to really make some things happen for us. However, those that are wanting to get into medical school and different things like that, there are going to be some admission challenges. And so with the medical schools, um, there's going to be some diversity issues. And if they're coming up with these letters, these essays to turn in, I just don't think they're going to fare well in these these universities because those reserved seats specifically for minority students are going to be, of course, given away after today, they're they're no longer going to be made to do the right thing. And I know from dealing with universities, from talking to HBCU presidents and talking to other college administrators that when no one is looking, they don't do the right thing. And I'm talking about college administrators and one of the bigger groups that have benefited from this affirmative action actually are Caucasian women as well, but I don't see this turning around and yes, there are going to be appeals and yes, there are going to be people marching, but I'm going to tell you this. If nothing was done thus far after the, uh, the Supreme Court came in and overturned Roe versus Wade, and we've got all these women in the country. I'm telling you all right now, do not be optimistic that somebody is coming to rescue us and this is going to change. It is not. And so what we have to do is make our historical black colleges and universities as strong as they've ever been. And this lends back to economics. We as HBCU alumni have got to do a better job coming back or giving back to the colleges in which we left. For those of us who have attachment to our alma maters and things of that sort it is going to take economics to get us where we need to go it is going to take for these colleges to put bitcoin in their portfolios in their endowment funds in order to ensure that moving forward we have the liquidity we have the the finances to sustain our schools to keep our certifications to do everything that we need to do to affect change in our community because guess what tag hbcus you are it you are where our children are going to be coming and i'm asking our community to step up to the plate and begin donating back to the schools that you graduated from, because if we did what we needed to do on that front, I think we would be okay, especially if they're investing and doing some other things in ascending value assets. We have got to get that message. And so I guess today, one of the biggest things that I have gotten out of this Supreme Court Uh, ruling is that I need to reach back out to these colleges just like I had in the past and convince them that they need to be adding Bitcoin specifically to their endowment funds. But what we can do is invest and donate Bitcoin to our HBCUs because we have got to get our act together in our community for our community. It's nobody else's responsibility. And we have been in this space before and we didn't have any options but ladies and gentlemen we have options and I'm really super excited about the fact that we possibly have something that can be done something that we can do and some action plans that we can... we can take as it relates to the new money that is coming around and it's not going to be the central bank digital currencies, ladies and gentlemen, because again, someone else controls that someone else tells us how and where and when we can spend it. It has to be done in a decentralized manner if we're going to get anywhere. And so leaving today We have got to push forward as a community. And so I'm going to lock arms specifically with the gentleman that had proposed uh, a way for us alumni to give back to historical black colleges. And maybe your children have not. Uh, have the wherewithal after graduating from one of the HBCUs to give back. I know that there are many of us listening right now that can make our HBCUs stronger. And we can make it stronger by actually maybe giving them a couple of Satoshis for them to put into their endowment fund we can make all the difference because when the price of Bitcoin does what it has done historically, our black colleges will be in a very good position. I've talked about this before because you know what? Harvard, Yale, some of these other institutions, higher institutions, they are putting Bitcoin in their endowment funds. They have it already and they have been benefiting tremendously from the upside of Bitcoin and it is time that our community Our colleges wake up and understand exactly what they need to do. And this push, this is a push. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a push into the ocean without us knowing how to swim. And I think we know how to swim, but we just need to reach back into our memory and realize that we need to start pedaling and kicking our feet and stroking our arms and making this thing happen. And so I would say that. This ruling is absolutely a catastrophe if you're looking at it in the wrong vein. I'm looking at it as they are making our community step up to the plate and take care of our own. And that is exactly what this ruling says to me. It is time, ladies and gentlemen, for us to take care of our families in a decentralized way and it is time for our colleges to step up and take care of themselves in a decentralized way and we have the answer it's Bitcoin, BTC and I believe if we do just a little bit a little bit by a little bit by a little you bit to, when you t- to be able to do exactly what is needed for our children and our children's children and the rest of the children that want to get into the education. System, get their degrees, and move forward. And ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward after news, sports, and traffic, we'll continue the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Broadcasting live from Lamar Park, USA. Welcome back to your home for unapologetically progressive radio. KBLA Talk 1580. All right, welcome forward, welcome forward. And just to wrap that up really quickly, if you know of an HBCU president or anyone that might be a board member that is interested in talking about ways that they can further fund their HBCU to ensure that everyone that applies can go, please feel free to let them know that I am ready for the conversation. We already have a plan For how to put Bitcoin into their endowment funds. And so uh, please make sure that they're reaching out to me. But I want to just conclude with this, ladies and gentlemen. This is just the first of a litany of things that are going to start to pile in on the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court is going to hear them, so we can look forward very soon to this spilling out into contracting, uh, any other diversity and inclusion thing, anything that we are have been taking advantage of. Somebody's going to bring a case up now that this has set a new precedence, and. It's just going to continue. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we have got to continue to work on being economically sound in our particular households, in our community. And we have got to ensure that we are investing in ascending assets, ascending assets, Things that we can use at a later date that are going to bring better value than the things that we have been investing in before. And again, I'm not providing any financial advice, but I do need you to look at the reason why people buy gold. Uh, They buy gold as a store of value, but it also has an ascending value. The same thing I am saying is the reason that I buy Bitcoin, because it is... Uh, an asset that I can purchase that gives me a store of value because if I buy a hundred million satoshis, I have a hundred million satoshis. Whether it's five thousand dollars, it value is five thousand dollars. I have a hundred million satoshis. If the value is thirty thousand, like it is today, and when it gets to where we're expecting it to to get to based on the historical numbers, I will still have that million satoshis or a hundred million satoshis depending on how many i'm stacking and that value will be there so if today i don't do anything different and i have a hundred million satoshis and bitcoin is at thirty thousand dollars today and in 10 years it's at a hundred thousand dollars i don't know that but i'm just saying i will still have the same hundred million satoshis and so what we need to do is look at and assess whether or not we can afford to invest or we can afford to lose banking on Bitcoin and what Bitcoin can do for us. And again, if we look back at the historical data, it started from zero 13 well 14 years later it's at 30. So in 14 more years, where could this technology? possibly be in numbers. And so I am personally going to bank on the fact that if I put this same $30,000 in the bank 20 years from now or 10 years from now, it's going to be 30000 and probably about $200. If I put it in gold, it's going to have some uh, ascending value as well. And if I put it in Bitcoin, I am looking at historical data and knowing that my family will have some ascending value. And so those are the things that I'm banking on right now in this space. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, that is my Bitcoin spiel on this affirmative action getting killed on this particular day. It is awful, but we have hope. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. And I want you all to know that. And I am happy about it because as uh, an ex-financial advisor, when I was a financial advisor and this would have happened, I would have said, oh my goodness, we are in trouble. We are definitely in trouble, folks, but we got a way out. And so with that, we're going to do our market update. I am looking at the market right now and bitcoin is trading right now at $30,355. It is down in the last hour 0.58%. It is up in the last 24 hours 1.05% and in the last 7 days it is up 0.72 percent. Ethereum, on the other hand, is trading at $1,846. It is down in the last hour 0.56 percent. In the last 24 hours, it's up 0.86 percent. And in the last seven days, it's down two point zero percent. And as i scroll through all of the other cryptocurrencies as i look at the market for several of the coins i am seeing that there is a lot of the coins that are actually mimicking bitcoin and again not getting into the trading aspect but i will continue to tell each and every one of you i have seen the tax implications of trading from coin to coin to coin and I honestly will say In this particular space and time, because we're waiting on the SEC, we're waiting on the CFTC, we're waiting on some sort of guidelines, some sort of rules, some sort of regulation, it is not in my best interest to be jumping from coin to coin, from platform to platform, because every single cent that we pay, every single cent that we lose, every single cent That is misappropriated is going to affect our Satoshi bottom line or my Satoshi bottom line. And so I'm going to continue to play it safe. I'm going to buy personally, hold personally, and not do anything that will jeopardize my ability to maintain and hold on to the Bitcoin that I am purchasing for my future, for my children's future, for my great grandchildren's future. And so I am, uh, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. And I know a lot of you are looking to get some interest or do better or earn more. And there's nothing absolutely wrong with that, but be very careful as to what platforms you are putting your funds on right now it's specifically right now because this united states is going to undergo a lot of different changes in this cryptocurrency space uh i know that there's an article that we're going to talk about when we come forward and that comes from coinbase because coinbase is making a statement today and i think it it's here and when we come forward we're going to continue just really talking about how important um, some of these SEC rulings and some of the things that are happening because I don't want people to get the misunderstanding that these platforms really hold the answer. They are in litigation and And there's just so many things going on behind the scenes that you're not seeing. And please do not take things at face value. Do your due diligence. You always have to do your due diligence. In this space, we say don't trust, verify. Because for years, hundreds of years, ladies and gentlemen, we have been trusting people. We haven't been verifying. We just take people's word for it and we just go gung-ho. In this space, moving forward, today forward, in the cryptocurrency space, if you haven't already adopted this saying, do not trust, verify. When we come forward, we'll continue the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Old money, money, new money, new money, we've got you covered. Keep it locked to the Midday Money Chain on KBLA Talk 1580. All right, welcome forward, welcome forward. As you all know here in the United States, we are undergoing a series of lawsuits that the SEC has filed against exchanges. This is a direct attack on making sure that Americans do not have access to the cryptocurrency space in my opinion. It's scaring those exchanges out of the United States is sending cryptocurrency companies running to find out what other uh, part of the world they need to be doing business in. And uh, Coinbase has actually sent in their response to their lawsuit. And make no mistake about it, Coinbase is not where I would suggest that anyone participates on of the purchasing of their Bitcoin just because of some other social justice issues uh, with Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase. I don't care if it's publicly traded. I don't care what it is. I am not going to patronize someone who does not feel that my social justice issues matter to them. And so that is why I don't patronize Coinbase. That being said, Coinbase actually filed an answer to the SEC. Now this may help other exchanges, which is why I'm even bringing it up. Coinbase being one of the biggest exchanges here in America. um, They filed today arguing that regulators at the SEC violated due process in reaching beyond its jurisdiction. And again, we have arguments as to which regulatory body is going to regulate the exchanges. In fact, I told you all last week I called the SEC to find out about what we need to do to get registered, and they told me to contact a securities attorney. When I uh, contacted a securities attorney, the securities attorney said, well, you sell Bitcoin only, right? And I said, yes. And they said, well, you're not under the jurisdiction of Securities and Exchange Commission. You're under the commodities. So that's the CFD." TC however the SEC brought this lawsuit to slow them down and this United States uh, Exchange, which is Coinbase, claim that the digital assets listed on the platform fall outside of the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission's preview, uh, purview Excuse me, in its um, first legal response for the regulatory lawsuit. So there are a dozen different cryptocurrencies that are offered through the Coinbase wallet and the trading platforms that the SEC says are unregistered securities. And they filed this uh, response early this morning. And Coinbase claims that these cryptocurrencies are not investment contracts, therefore are not securities. And the reason why Bitcoin was deemed a commodity, again, ladies and gentlemen, is because it is not an investment contract, therefore it is not a security. It is an argument of Coinbase that... It has said that the filing, uh, it said in their filing that the Securities and Exchange Commission overreached and that there are no promoters, okay, so hear me here, there were no promoters in selling an asset tied to a contract and that is what Coinbase claimed. However, my opinion, and I've told many of you that wanted to or chose to be on the Coinbase platform, that the way that they suck you in to getting involved in some of these offshoot coins or what they call altcoins is they gift you coins in order for you to, uh, if you read an article or if you learn about the cryptocurrency, they gift you some. But in order for you to take the value of the coins off, you have to buy more to get up to the point in which you can withdraw funds and things of that sort. So in my opinion, there were some tricks involved. Now, I don't know specifically if this falls under uh, what they would call promoter, because in my opinion, Coinbase was promoting these altcoins, these what we call S-H-I-T coins, so that people would purchase the coins in order to get the value out or they thought that there was some perceived value that was going to happen and that these coins were going to pan out and be more than Bitcoin in the long run. So I say that in that respect, there is, you know, there's there's some uncertainty as far as I'm concerned. But the Supreme Court has stated that some of these coins don't pass the Howey test And again, Coinbase is making the claim that they, you know, that they don't fall as a security. And so the issuers of the tokens owe no obligation to investors, which is incorrect because any of the white papers that you read for some of these coins are they're telling people that if they purchase the coins, that there is going to be some value in the future. And so. I'm not sure if they're going to win on this, but we're going to keep our eyes peeled. What we do know again, and I'll continue to reiterate, we do know that Bitcoin has been deemed a commodity. And if some of these other coins are deemed a security, there are other laws and rules that are going to be put in place. And you might possibly lose those coins, especially if you're not an accredited investor. And there are so many other things that go along with that. But I'm playing it safe. I'm playing baseball where I can run around the bases and be safe. And I'm being safe with Bitcoin. And again, nothing right now is worth me taking a chance on my ability to maintain and retain those things that I have spent my hard-earned money on. And so... Uh, When we come forward, we'll continue the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. You're linked to the Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. I'm going to go really quickly. I tell you, I've run out of time. Uh, There are no updates right now as it relates to the Black Wall Street wallet. Again, I am continuously going to give you an update on every show. Uh, that's the least I can do. I'll continue to uh, reach out to the folks over at the Black Wall Street and ensure that we get an update but there is none thus far but once I get something I will let you know. There was another blow to the cryptocurrency space and that was for Binance. Binance went over to Germany to uh, apply for a license with BaFin over in Germany and that license has been rejected and what they were applying for a license to do is custody people's cryptocurrency and again we've been saying this for years the best consumer protection is self-custody and education nobody should be holding on to your bitcoin And Germany is saying the exact same thing because Germany is not allowing Binance to come over and be a custodial agent and have custody over people's Bitcoin through their cryptocurrency licensing process. So Binance has been made aware of this, but they're not really giving any details. But I do know that. Everybody is watching what is happening in this custodial space and they're seeing the resounding theme if somebody is holding on to your bitcoin they can do whatever they want whenever they want and it will definitely uh at some point when they get greedy wind up missing and so with that being stated ladies and gentlemen I just want to say to each and every one of you if you still at this point have not understood that you can get a free wallet by downloading an app on your phone such as Edge, such as Exodus, such as the Blue Wallet. Um, There's a couple of other ones that I've used trust in the past. Uh, Abra is having some problems Let me say that right now Abra, A-B-R-A is Has received a, a cease and desist From somebody So Abra's not a good wallet If you have anything on the Abra wallet Please look to remove it Ladies and gentlemen We are making way for the D.L. Hughley show And I want to thank you all For rocking with me here today On Ahead of the Crypto Curve Where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires One family at a time One day at a time One Bitcoin at a time One Satoshi at a time And ladies and gentlemen That means you